is gold falling? It's the un- it's the metal of uncertainty. It's the metal of fear. Now that Trump's getting in, surely there's nothing but fear ahead. That was where my head was stuck in this absolute loop. Uh, and I refused to accept that I was wrong. So I basically chased the gold price downwards for 24 to 48 hours. And I lost nearly $60,000 in those two days. So all my profit from Brexit, gone. Gone because I was too stupid to sit back and work out what I was doing. Um, Now, what actually happened? Hi, Shay Russell here from Exponential Investor Podcast and welcome to your weekly Exponential Investor Podcast. Uh, I am your solo host once again. Sam Volkering is out and about at a conference. He will be joining us next week. Now, normally when it is me writing solo, we get to talk about all things rocks and stocks related. Although this week I had planned to talk about agriculture. There's some very exciting things happening in the agriculture space. Uh, however, it was brought to my attention that it was actually World Mental Health Day on Wednesday, the October the 10th. So in lieu of talking about rocks, I actually want to touch on a subject that I have a deep personal experience with. And I want to talk about your mental health or your mental attitude or your own psychology when it comes to investing. See, a lot of investors, um, when, when they start out in the markets, you know, once they get bitten, once they lose a bit of money, they're either too scared to start or they lose money and they get bitten and they walk away and they're too scared to get back in. Now, I completely understand this mentality and that's why I want to talk about this today um, because I have personal experience with this and I'm going to share you a story of how I lost a bucket load of money in a very short period of time, all because I did not understand my own psychology when I first started out. Now, I want to take you back to a time when Brexit was being voted upon. Yes, that is how far back in time we are going. Uh, I've told this story at a pub a couple of times and to a few experienced traders, but never in a very public format like this. So let's go back to the 23rd of June, 2016, when the UK was voting on stay or go when it came to the Brexit vote. Now, at the time, I was actually Jim Rickards, the uh, economist and macroeconomic commentator. I was his Australian editor. So I was working quite closely with Jim. Now, at the time, Jim was one of the very few commentators actually saying that Brexit was going to get through. Uh, And I thought this actually feels like a great opportunity here because there's so few people expecting Brexit to go through. I I wonder, I wonder what I can, I wonder what the tradable opportunity here is. Uh, Now I decided that I didn't want to dabble with equities that felt like too hard and a bit like trying to catch a falling knife. So I looked to a couple of things that I knew would make big jumps if Jim was right, because he was his, he was the theory behind it. It's like, if he was wrong, then it didn't matter. The markets were already prepared for a no response that, no, you're not going to leave um, the EU. But the surprise trade of this was that, yes, the, um, that the public would vote in favour of leaving the EU. So the way I saw it is my risk was minimal in this circumstance. So what I did was I basically shorted the pound against two other currencies, the Aussie dollar and the US dollar. Uh, and I also shorted the FTSE 100. Now I did this using a leverage product called Contracts for Difference. Uh, I'll make this very clear. This is absolutely not a recommendation to use contracts for difference. My background comes from CFDs. Uh, I understand them quite well, which is why I went for that product. Now, 
I'll be quite honest. I, I did extremely well out of the first two days. Uh, I didn't catch the entire, you know, peak to trough fall of both the pound against the US dollar and the pound against the Aussie dollar. Uh, I think I've got some notes here. I think the Aussie dollar ended up falling about 9%. I didn't catch all of it, but I did catch about, you know, 7 or 8% of that fall. Same when the pound fell against the US dollar, I managed to catch about 8% of that. So I did really well with those trades. So I was quite happy with those. And I didn't stay in my foreign currency trades for too long because it was a little bit, you know, I called that one right. Awesome. Now, currencies aren't my specialty. I was at the time known for equities and gold analysis, which is going to be a little bit ironic five minutes into this chat. Um, so I, I decided that that was enough. I, You know, currency markets are extremely volatile rich enough for me, take my cash off the table. Stayed in the FTSE over the next two days, my short FTSE position. And again, I did really well. I managed to write it down, um, something crazy like that catch that 10% fall. It, it, it worked out very well. Come the Friday night when the Brexit vote was had all gone through and the markets um, had done two, re- UK market had fallen quite heavily. I decided to close my trade out. Granted, this would have been about midnight my time, maybe even 1am Australian time. And I went to bed and I just cleaned up everything and I made some good money. I made about 70,000 Australian dollars on these three trades alone using leverage. They were quite profitable. And I was obviously very pleased with myself that A, I took the risk, although as I explained before, the risk really wasn't that large in hindsight, um, but B, that I had the good sense to stick to my trading plan. You could argue that the next week I was a little bit emboldened because the markets were still a little bit rattled as they sort of seesawed to find out you know, how they felt and how they were adjusting to the yes vote getting through for Brexit. So I sort of traded in and out of the FTSE again uh, and I dabbled with the the pound and the US dollar. Um, basically, I was I was just looking for quick wins. And I, so I sort of moved in and out. But as the, the market was starting to adjust and it was clearly starting to um, move up again, I, I, again, I did reasonably well. I made a couple of thousand dollars again in, out, in, out. Um, what I did do this time is I left a few positions on overnight, which I didn't do before because that wasn't part of my initial trading plan. I left these positions on overnight. Now, the first thing I did notice is that during this time, I didn't sleep particularly well because I'd left myself open with leveraged positions overnight, which can go into margin call at any time if the market moves against me. It means that I owe the provider a bucket load more money. Um, and what I found myself doing was waking up in the middle of the night checking my positions in sort of a bit of a haze and a foggy state, trying to ascertain what was going on and then either tweaking my stop loss or my take profit just a little bit more this time and going back to sleep, Um, which is, you know what, probably not a very good thing to do. And that should have been my first sign that I'd I'd abandoned my trading plan, Uh, but it wasn't. In fact, all I was, was I just felt confident from the week before I'd done so well and I still was yet to be proven majorly wrong that I felt that I was starting to really get the uh, hang of currency markets. My technical analysis was coming along and I was feeling quite confident. Um, And after a week after Brexit happened, I sort of left it be because, you know, that was the big event I wanted to trade and I sort of stepped away, went back to looking for medium to long-term investments. I dabbled a couple of times in currency markets. Look, I didn't, I didn't do a lot. I couldn't tell you of any memorable trades. Uh, What I did notice is that I was um, moving quickly in them. I don't think my analysis was as strong fundamentally. It was definitely technical analysis was applied. But um, when I was putting positions on overnight, again, I was still waking up to check on them and I'd be tweaking my 
my stocks and my um, my take my my stop losses and my take profits in the middle of the night and then going back to sleep didn't make a lot of money didn't lose a lot of money but I didn't do it frequently enough to think that I don't I, I was particularly concerned um what ha- my next what I really had my sights set on next was the 2016 US election which was on the 8th of November in 2016 now for those of you with short memories uh some of us have long memories uh this was the one where Hillary Clinton was going up against Trump now again leading into the election all the polls and all the media were convinced it was Hillary's election to win um like nobody thought Trump had a chance. And I mean, nobody thought Trump had a chance. Uh, Again, working alongside Jim Rickards, he was pretty convinced Trump was going to get in. And again, the way he looked at it as was, you know, the markets are pricing in a Hillary win. They're not pricing in a Trump win. Uh, So again, I decided this time, rather than trade the US dollar, rather than trade currencies or an index, I actually wanted to trade gold which was my specialty. So my gold had started to rally in the lead up to the US election. uh, And I thought, you know what, the markets aren't going to expect Trump getting in. So you know what, I'm going to go long gold. I took out a much bigger position, leveraged position, I might add, than I did before. And I had my, you know, 70K in profits or near 70K in profits just sitting there. And I was very confident. I reckon I can double this too. That should have been been my first sign that something was wrong. Um, But I was convinced that the market was going to go up because the market just did not see Trump getting in. Well, it turns out that when, as it became more increasingly likely into the night, uh, Donald Trump was, you know, looking like going to be the next president of the United States and gold continued to go down. And this is where the wheels absolutely fell off for me. Uh, rather than accepting that I was wrong, I was convinced that the market was wrong and I continued to increase my position size into the night because you can do that with um, leverage products. I continued to lower my take profits and my stop losses. So because I had gone long gold, I just kept moving my stop. As the market kept falling, I just kept moving my stop loss down. Basically, I was chasing the gold market down. Now, I don't have the exact numbers of how much gold fell that night, um, but all I kept doing was just widening that stop loss and bringing it further down and further down and further down. I don't think I went to bed till four or five in the morning and I still kept my position open, which I didn't do before. Now, again, I know I woke up in the middle of the night, saw the direction the market was going and I lowered my stop loss again. Um, Now, I think in hindsight, you can hear where I've gone wrong, can't you? Um, but just to give you an idea, by the second day when I was absolutely convinced that the market had got this wrong, I had an exposure of nearly $1 million to gold at one point. This is a huge exposure. And like for professional traders, it's not a massive exposure. But what you've got to remember is I'm a single mum of two kids. We don't go doing these things willy nilly. Now, yes, I absolutely have investing experience. I have derivative experience. I am qualified to give derivatives and securities information in Australia. So I have experience with these products. What I did not have experience with at that point was my own psychology when the market went against me and my own emotions when the market was going against me. And this is where it all started to come undone. I, I couldn't accept that I was wrong. I couldn't understand why the market wasn't taking the the Trump hump is what they called the gold price move up beforehand. I couldn't understand why the market was 
so falling. Why gold? Why is gold falling? It's the un, it's the metal of uncertainty. It's the metal of fear. Now that Trump's getting in, surely there's nothing but fear ahead. That was where my head was stuck in this absolute loop. Uh, and I refused to accept that I was wrong. So I basically chased the gold price downwards for 24 to 48 hours. And I lost nearly $60,000 in those two days. So all my profit from Brexit, gone. Gone because I was too stupid to sit back and work out what I was doing. Um, now, what actually happened, and I just did not factor this in at the time, and I absolutely should have, the reason gold was falling is because Trump getting in meant that there was more likely to be rate increases from the Federal Reserve Bank. Now, had I absorbed this information rather than being ignorant and fixated on my own view, I would have cut that trade because I understand that gold has an inverse relationship with the US dollar most of the time and that rising rates would put pressure on gold. So it makes sense in hindsight that gold fell, but I was not taking this information on board because I was too fixated on a view. Now, after I'd already gone and lost $60,000 in this incredibly short time frame, uh, I wasn't ready to lick my wounds yet. I actually spent the next week chasing my losses because, again, I was still convinced that the market was wrong and not me. There is no way that my analysis could be wrong on this. You know, why isn't gold reacting? Uh, and that's when I started jumping. I jumped from gold. I jumped into currencies. I jumped into index. And basically, I spent the following week chasing my losses, wore down all of my profits, dipped into my savings account, pulled another $5,000 uh, Aussie dollars out and popped it into my trading account and kept going. So by the end of, I think by the middle of December, not only had I eroded my entire Brexit profit, but I'd lost a little bit more than my initial capital of what I was, um, what I was willing to lose to begin with. What went wrong? <sighs> Look, first of all, there's a few things that went wrong here, and there's a reason why I'm sharing this story. First of all, anytime you talk to a trader, they're very, one of the things I love about traders is the best traders will tell you the stories they got wrong. If you hear a trader only talking about the story they got right, run, run a thousand miles. Now I'm not saying I'm the best trader. In fact, if anything, 2016 has caused me to reassess how I approach the market. But there are several things that I got wrong. First of all, the first inclination that something was wrong is that I was losing sleep. Now, if I'm putting positions on and I'm losing sleep over it and I'm waking up, that tells me I am not comfortable with the risk that I have taken on. And in hindsight, I was taking on too much risk. Second of all, if I was altering my positions, my stop loss and my take profit in the middle of the night, I've clearly, I'm clearly not paying attention and my, psycho my psychology is not suited to the size of the risk that I've taken on because you should never be altering your positions during the middle of the night. And I will just let you know this, up until this point, I had never done that before in my life. It was that I was fixated on my view. And that is the third point. I was so caught up in the fact that I was convinced I was right. I was struggling to accept that I was wrong. And this is where a lot of traders go wrong. They think that they've got it right. Sorry, first time traders go wrong. They think that they've got it right and they can't actually accept 
that the market has moved against them. And these are the things that you need to know. Now, there are two very valuable lessons from this, and this is what I want you to take away with today. And they come from two incredible people. And I'm very fortunate that I'm surrounded by so many amazing investors and traders that I can, um, A, absorb this information, B, also pass it on. The first bit of information uh, comes from a fabulous gentleman by the name of Nick Frappel. He's been teaching me a particular type of technical analysis um, and he is an institutional trader and he's, you know, basically traded precious metals all over the world. When it comes to technical analysis that you're using, here's pretty much one tip. Can you read your chart angry? Because eventually the market is going to go against you. Now, a lot of people, when they think come to training, they spend all these time setting these, um, very technical charts up. But what my uh, dear friend Nick says is very, very important because you can spend all this time creating an Elliott wave and drawing these momentum lines and the strength indicators or whatever indicator you want to use. But when the market is moving against you, if you can't glance at that trade with your mixed emotions and decide what to do next, then that form of technical analysis is not working for you. The second thing I want to bring to you is by a gentleman by the name of Claude Berger. Now he is uh, he is a, a he's a Frenchman. He's living in Switzerland and he is a speculative uh, gold mining investor. And I was fortunate fortunate enough to interview him a few years ago. And one of his hard rules is know your own psychology before you commit to a trade. Know what you can tolerate. And basically, this is about understanding what your risk tolerance is, because a lot of people don't understand what their risk tolerance is until they start losing money, um, but understand how to control your emotions when the market goes against you. Now, this is where I was going significantly wrong because I did not realize that I had to battle my emotions up against my trading plan because that is what overrode my trading plan and why things went so wrong for me because I allowed my emotion, emotions to get the better of me. Now I can speak from experience. I know what it's like to have an itchy trigger finger when you're losing money or when the profits coming in, um, you do have an urge to push them and either to make it bigger or to make it less. Um, but the, that's an emotive response. What you need to do to avoid your emotions is to have a trading plan and stick to it. And this is the kicker. And this is what I've done to change my outcome since. One of the big reasons my trading plan um, worked is my, my trading methodology was set up, or my investment methodology as well, was set up for medium to long-term investing. It wasn't really designed for short-term investing, either day by day or hour by hour. I didn't know that at the time. I sort of just assumed because it had been so successful for medium to long-term investing that I'd be able to just roll it naturally into uh, a short-term strategy. I've discovered that that doesn't work because a short-term is a little bit more volatile, you know, when you've got a long-term view of the market, it just doesn't necessarily work. That's where technical analysis really can help you. Uh, so I've refined my, how I use my technical analysis and I've actually, I stay away from short-term trading now because I find I get too emotionally involved in the process. So what I do is with my trading, I, or it's actually less trading, is definitely short-term investing. Um, but I now look for things that I might be in a position for, for maybe a week to six weeks, uh, as opposed to jumping into things for an hour or for a day or two. Uh, because what I discovered from my losing all that money is that 
I'm not in a position where I can override my emotions yet when it comes to short-term, very short-term investing and very short-term trading strategies. But my emotions are well-suited to short-term and medium-term investing cycles. And this is actually the final takeaway from today's mental health awareness, uh, psychology awareness when it comes to investing, or your own psychology awareness when it comes to investing. And that is one of the rules uh, I've noticed that the best traders in the world have is that they accept when they're wrong and they apply the rules. If you're going to be wrong, be wrong quick. Cut your position and move on. And that is probably one of the best in, um, best things I can leave you with today is it is okay to be wrong. You're never going to get them right all of the time. And if you do, you probably haven't spent enough time in the markets. But if you're going to be wrong, be wrong quick, learn from the pros, work out what you did wrong, and then go back to it and find out if you're going to do the same thing twice or if you need to tweak your plan and go back to it. This has been a bit more of a serious exponential investor podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Most importantly, I actually hope you learned something from it. Um, one of the things that holds a lot of people back when it comes to investing is fear. Fear of losing money, uh, fear of getting it wrong. The answer is you are absolutely going to get it wrong at some point. And if you don't get it wrong, you haven't learned anything about who you are as a trader or an investor. So if you're going to start, start small, create a trading plan. Stick to your trading plan and absolutely do not let your emotions override your investment decisions. If you find your emotions are overriding investment decisions and wanting to take control of what you're doing, then you should probably get out of the investment, uh, out of the trade or the investment that you're in and wait until you've worked out why you're feeling those feelings and go back to your trading plan. All right, that is it for me this week. I will be back next week uh, with Sam. If you like what I had to say, um, write into us at Exponential Investor Podcast. I will make sure I put an email address somewhere in either the email that you received this on or on YouTube. Uh, if you didn't like what we had, uh, what I had to say, absolutely write in and tell me that too. Uh, I would love to hear from you. It's always great when we've got reader questions to incorporate into the podcast as well. All right. I think this is my third close. This is absolutely the final time I'm saying goodbye. So everybody, to quote Sam, thanks for watching and bye for now.